Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 996. Um, if you're going to be in Nashville or Salt Lake City, I'll be at Zany's and also uh, at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City. If you go to ID10T.com, you can get ticket links for that and uh, also uh, some new merch stuff going up there soon. So just keep checking back. Um, Let's go to the ID10T community corkboard. It's a corkboard for the ID10T community, of which is populated by you. If you're listening to this, uh, events at ID10T.com is how you can get your thing that you want to promote or thing that you made uh, up on here. Like Juanita, who writes, I recently published two books. The first is a coming-of-age contemporary fiction novella called Crying in Water about a 14-year-old girl who must make a choice to either find her strength or surrender to the hardships in her life, like living with her alcoholic mother and being relentlessly bullied in school. The second is a poetry book, Walking with PTSD. Uh, Both books were written to not only draw attention to the issues of bullying and PTSD, but to offer hope to those living with it. Uh, both books are available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Very nicely done, Juanita. Very nicely done. Ryan, hey, that's my middle name. Why are you stealing my middle name? Uh, Ryan writes, my wife Stacy Band is starting a thing. You've inspired so many to start a thing, and now my wife is aiming to inspire parents to have better, less frustrating interactions with their kids. Home Day Hero is committed to building strong foundations for young children through supporting adults and empowering children. We aim to uh, enhance the lives of families through thoughtful, meaningful, and individualized support and to provide resources and guide parents in furthering their children's success at home and at school. Uh, She graduated from Michigan State with a Bachelor of Science in Child Development, the University of Michigan with a Master's in Public Administration, and went on to obtain an AMS Montessori teaching certification from Montgomery Montessori Institute in Rockville, Maryland. For 10 years, she has worked hand-in-hand with children from birth through high school, and she's a mother of two. Download your free guide, homedayhero.com is where that's at. Uh, Also, the blog is up and running with weekly content posted on Fridays. Follow at homedayhero on Twitter for additional tips. Again, events at ID10T.com. This episode is Chrissy Metz, who you may know from one of the biggest shows on television called This Is Us, and uh, also had a stellar performance at the American Country Music Awards and has a new movie called Breakthrough, which is in theaters now. And, um, you know, I absolutely loved talking with Chrissy because she's just, you sit down and talk with her and I don't really know her and you instantly feel like you know her. She just generates this kind of warmth and um, uh, familiarity that where I just immediately was like, oh, we've been friends a long time. I don't want to get all weepy here, but it reminds me of the, the song that Paul Williams wrote for the Muppet movie that Gonzo sings. I'm going to go back there someday. That one line, there's not a word yet for old friends who've just met. Oh my gosh. How does it not just hug hug the tears out of your heart with joy? That's such a beautiful, oh, now I got to go watch that movie. Okay, I'm going to go watch the Muppet movie again. And uh, please enjoy the ID10T podcast number 996 with the wonderful Chrissy Metz. Initiating ID10T protocol.
have you in my home. So it's not really cool. a studio. Yes, thank very, you. Very, very fancy, cool, <laughs> interesting, intricate. I feel very boring. As no, I said. not at all. This I mean, so cool. We, I always, I always wonder, like, are people going to think we're weird because of all the vintage taxidermy and skeletons and weird carvings? Last and stuff? time I checked, it was your house. It was. It was. So it who was. cares what anyone else? Thinks. No, I, this is exactly what Lydia says too. But oh, well, so there you go. She's she's smart. But I also, it also is a little bit of a tester because, in my estimation, it kind of shows you who's cool. Right. Like if someone comes in, they're like, "What is all this junk?" Then I'd be like, "Okay, well, we you're probably like, wouldn't be friends." Yeah, you're like, "Oh, um, <laughs> you're you one know, of if those." I have to explain it to you. <laughs> It's so nice to meet you. Yeah. What is that? What is the stuff? Why would you have that? This is dead. Why would you have a dead thing in your house? People are funny, right? Gosh. And it's, it's interesting to see what people uh, are like. Yeah. Or not do you, like. Do you collect anything? I, oh gosh, right now. I mean, I literally just moved into a, uh, my first house. You did? Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. It's weird. It's, I'm, and then I'm like, oh, wow, I am an adult. And I feel like having a house is like just perpetual troubleshooting <laughs> i'm like nobody told me this everyone's like oh get a house because it's cheaper than an apartment right cut to everything breaks and something needs to be fixed at every turn oh yeah i'm like damn it yeah there used to be a guy that would do you call a manager yes. and he would get a send a dude and yes. it'd be all good but at the same time it's really nice to sort of have a palette that you can you know create whatever you want but yeah. it's i'm so indecisive so it's it's been tr- it's very trying <laughs> what's your style that's the thing okay i love so many different things i feel yeah. very eclectic I, I i can appreciate all sorts of things so it's hard um i definitely like comfort mm-hmm. i like things that are cozy and comforting and, yep um i like to you know entertain so i want a lot of seating areas and spaces but i'm still trying, I'm trying to figure it out well you know what's fun about it is that your house becomes like a museum of you yeah and so as eclectic as your taste is if you like something you're the you're the center point of all of it right so you're the connection like you're the reason that it all makes sense together which is so amazing with your house i mean i just stepped in and i'm like what (laughs) so cool because our house is spanish but we have a lot of like um old english stuff in it but then there's spanish stuff and then there's vintage taxidermy stuff and so you know, and I guess it makes sense because it's us, and, and yeah. the same the same thing with, yeah. with you when you start acquiring things. Yeah. So when you travel, do you pick things up from different yeah. places? Yeah, 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 yeah. We have this really great wardrobe upstairs that we bought in Austria and we bought what? in Salzburg. And Did it cost more to ship than to? <laughs> it was not, it was not inexpensive to ship it, but it's yeah. this really amazing like eighteenth century um, hand painted. Wow. You know, there's like this really cool painted story on it, and so yeah, and that that's the fun part is that. You know, you buy. I feel like when you buy new furniture, you're doing yourself a disservice because that stuff doesn't have a story. Yeah, and we just love anything that has a story. We yeah. can tell you where everything came from. Oh, and that, that's really fun. Wow, I mean, these ornate chairs are so cool. Like, what? These yeah. chairs came from um, the uh, Antonio Banderas, Melanie Griffith divorce estate. And then Antonio Banderas was on the podcast. Get out. And we we sat and played chess a little bit. And I was like, I wonder if he's going to recognize the chairs. And he didn't recognize And he didn't. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that right? would have been weird. Yeah. Um, I sat in these and... <laughs> Remember these? Many, many a tears were shed. I don't know. I don't know. But they're Check super and mate. Cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. It's so weird. Oh, my God. Okay, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, they, you know, because they had an amazing Spanish house in Hancock Park. Right. So, uh... Uh, you know, 
you know, we get we always we kind of have a line into where all the antiques and there's great places to go. You go to Central California and there's great antique stores, but they're not overpriced because they're not in L.A. Right. So, Ooh. are you an antique person or are I, you a new person? It depends. It depends because I don't know why, but I know everything has energy, mm-hmm. and so I really have to check. The, I know this sounds hooky cookie. No. Everyone's like every every time. Ever since you moved to LA, Chrissy, you're so weird. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm just becoming more of who I am. Wait, aren't you from Florida? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a strong statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. I lived or, in Florida. I know oh, what it's you? like down Where? there. My aunt, my mom's from Miami. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so so I'm like closer to Georgia, so much much more southern. Gotcha. Um, but. Yeah, you know, I think everything has energy. And so my thing is, uh, what kind of energy am I bringing into my home? And like, what do I, you know? Yeah. Though, like, I went to New Orleans. I was shooting American Horror Story. Oh, yeah, of course. And I remember picking up this, like, set of keys at this antique shop and, like, immediately got a headache. And I was like, okay, this is strange. Uh, Am I thinking too much into it? Am I crazy? Am I dehydrated? Like, what's the real real story? Um, So I'm always cognizant of that stuff. Oh, it turns out I'm psychic. Yeah, yeah. That too. No, okay. You you joke, but there was an earthquake years ago before I was even on This Is Us. And I had a roommate and he had a friend over. And I never, this is crazy. I never fall asleep naked because I'm afraid of A, earthquakes. And also like, who knows what's going to happen? The bump of the night. Sure. Whatever. I have to run off and sure. whatever. So I happened to take a shower, so tired, fell asleep in my, my, my towel. And I thought, oh, I have to get up because there's going to be an earthquake. I have to get dressed. Not three hours later was there an earthquake. Oh my God. It is weird. It is strange. I'm not saying I am anything. I, I don't, I don't know. But then when I woke up, I was like, reassuring you know my my roommate like, I'm like everything's fine don't worry i knew it was gonna happen and he was like okay <laughs> but i did and it was i don't know i can't explain it so. you know what's gonna happen is that you're gonna end up doing <laughs> some type of a movie or a tv show yeah. where you play a psychic and they're gonna bring like a real psychic on and she's gonna be like you have the gift <laughs> like, so i've been told that i i'm i'm very intuitive if you and, like the energies of things yeah there's probably something yeah who there's, knows? Probably, there's probably something going on who knows i don't know i'm sort of afraid to find out but did you force yeah i know you don't want to be like dead zone where you grab no. someone's hand you're no. like you will die no, i'm not the, interested no. in that please god please 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 universe spare me <laughs> no i don't wanna, i just want to tell people good things yes i just want to tell 100%. people good things about themselves I was talking to Chris Sullivan was on that that long ago, and uh, who is just the him? sweetest doll of a human being, and hilarious, so funny, so funny. Oh, that boy! And we were talking about the because what's happened with your TV show is just is not does not happen really on television much anymore. Right. Of like, me, you know, like most shows just sort of ride the line of like, okay, it's. It's enough. It's doing well enough to stay on the air, right? But like when the trailer for your show gets like a hundred million views, it like what it, did you did you see that coming? No, no, I don't think any of us did. I mean, we went to the table read, and at that point, I that was the first day I met Chris. So I tested with a lot of other guys to play Toby, but I never met Chris until the table read. You know, the the ink is literally drying on his contract because he was on. Um, what you call it? The, the Nick? The Nick. Yeah. That very fancy show. And um, I, I immediately I was like, hi. And he was like, hey. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and so like we knew there was something in the air and we it felt special, but we could never predict that it would be this. I mean, we were just hoping that it would get picked up yeah. at that point, but never thought that it would completely transform network television again and also change people and right. change, of course, us. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm so, I sort of want to connect this to your performance at the country the Country Music Awards, the American Country, country yeah, Music I know. Awards. It's 
because I saw I saw headlines after you performed, and people were like, "Here's a talent people didn't know," and it's like she fucking sings on the show. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think people maybe thought I dubbed Kate dubbed like somebody else dubbed the voice, or because she's an aspiring singer, right? That she's sort of like meek and, and mild in in her performance, which she sort of is, yeah, because she's still you know living in the shadow of many people. But um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess people who really watch the show knew that right. I saw. But a lot of people watch that show. Like, yeah. it's not an underground cable show that, you know, like 200,000 people watch. I guess they were like, oh, wow, like, it's a real it's stage real. with it's real, real singers. Yeah. Now it's real. Maybe then, that's what it was. God, that show, though, I mean, is it, is, are, are there days where you're like, okay, this is even too sad for me? Like, is it, is especially because there was one episode where you're performing Landslide. Yeah. Which already is just like, once you rip your it. heart out. And there's like this montage. I mean, it just yeah. The montages, you know, it's. I think it's very, very hard to do them well, and our show does them very well. And beautiful music, usually, uh, you know, underneath. And yeah, of course. And there's the daughter and, and mother storyline with Mandy oh Moore. You know, it's so. It is. I mean, that the miscarriage episode for me um, was really difficult when Mandy comes to the door, you know, and she shows up for her daughter. And just falling into her arms. I mean, that was like, I can't tell you how taxing that was to do over and over and over. It's almost like the producers are like, hey, um, <laughs> using that heart over there? Yeah. Just give me this. <laughs> crush, crush, yeah, crush, exactly. crush. Stop, stop. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, luckily, I, I'm, I have no qualms about doing that and crying and being vulnerable and being uncomfortable because it's sort of what I've done all my life. <laughs> well, can you, so. it, like, do, are you able to watch the show as a viewer, like, completely separated now. from it? now. Uh, not I can mostly now. Uh, initially, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm terrible. They're going to fire me. I'm a horrible actress." Um, now I'm like, "Okay, I could have done that better." Oh, why did they pick that take? Why did he? Ooh. Um, but then I'm like, you know, it's a collaborative art. It's not about me or right. my ego. It's like this is a story, and it's uh, not just Kate or Chrissy's story. Um, it is hard though to watch, but I do watch as a viewer because I I love. I mean, the music and the acting. You know, I try to separate myself from it and just watch the other <laughs> storylines. But it also shows that you're not the best judge of your own work because you get so in your head. It's sort of like <sighs> it, it's like the emotional equivalent of, oh, my God, I have a pimple on my cheek. Everyone's looking at oh, it. Yeah. And then no one notices. Yeah. Because they just people just don't. Sure. You know, like and you I'm sure you zero in on things You're like, oh, my God. That no one else would notice. I'd like to believe that. And I hope that's true. <laughs> I hope that's true. Because, yeah, when that pimple's on your face and it hurts and you're like, can't you see it's hurting? Can't you see it's terrible? And they're like, I don't. What, what are you talking, talking about? about? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I try to believe that. But it's it's tricky. It's tricky because I also know, you know, you know what you're capable of. You know that like, oh, well, well maybe. But you have to be objective. But also you know, open enough to maybe improve. And that's a hard part for I me. Think you, I think we think we know what we're capable of, but I think we all impose limitations mm. based on baggage or times sure. we've been hurt or low self-esteem or whatever it is. Like, you know, I think we don't always, I think we're not always right about what our limitations are. Right. Well, cause I see, you know, all the performances and I'm blown away and you know, everybody has things to say. Although Sterling is very confident. And as he should be. But he's like, yeah, that was good. That was a good scene. <laughs> some, some people just don't have like a... I, I really am envious of the people that just don't have that thing that just gnaws away yeah. at their brain. There's like, you know, 
like the Will Ferrells of the world are just like, yeah, it's fine, you know, whatever, you know, like they just don't seem to. And I always think, what an amazing way. Where does it come from? I think it comes from. I think I think it comes from a variety of areas, but yeah. I think it's just being comfortable with yourself, right? And also, some people just don't have catastrophic thinking; they just right. don't, right? For whatever reason, right. or they just feel like everything's going to be okay because either they're comfortable with themselves, or some mm. people it's because of whatever faith they have, or sure. whatever you know. Even if it's not faith in a supreme entity, it's just like a faith that everything's going to be okay, right. or that they'll handle it no matter what, or just a faith in themselves. And yeah. that is uh, that is an elusive animal to yeah. catch. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think because I do feel so new. Um, you know, I was pursuing acting for twelve years, but it wasn't. I mean, I've never been a series lead on any show Mm -hmm. and so now i'm like i feel like i'm the girl who's like okay i'm just gonna try to to keep up with everybody (laughs) um you know and and sometimes i don't give myself enough credit because i just showing up sometimes is the victory you know i'm like okay i'm sitting next to all these incredible actors but okay i'm I'm holding my own but there is you know i think there's always room for me always room for improvement or change or a different choice. And like, that's what I can't attach to. It's like, there's, it's not a better choice. It's a different choice. Right. <sighs> it's hard to, uh, sit with that though. Well also, and how, how do you find that sort of Goldilocks zone between, um, you know, I'm, I believe that I deserve to be here, but I'm not an asshole about that's it. Right. You know, where you don't want to, it's like you, you want to be confident in yourself without being arrogant yeah. and still open to improvement yeah. but also you don't want to be the other side of the scale which is like I'm such a piece of shit I don't deserve of it you know because that doesn't, that doesn't do anyone any good it doesn't serve good. anybody and no. then eventually you're going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy That's and right. you're not going to have a job I mean you obviously <laughs> deserve to be where you are because you are there yeah you know right and that's like the logical mind <laughs> right like oh, that, that makes sense <laughs> um, you know it, it's interesting because I, you know, I was a talent agent for nine years right and so I would say to people like it's so important to humbly own a room to know that you deserve to be there, but not entitled to be there. That's Oh, that's a great way to put it. So that's sort of how I live in that 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 gray area, which is always really hard for me. Um, but I'm like, yeah, we're all on this plane of existence. We are deserving of being here, but we're not entitled. Right. Like, don't, don't get it twisted because you could lose a job tomorrow and all this could be very – it's very fleeting. God, that's so crazy. That's right. You, you were an agent for a long time. <laughs> you must have – what an interesting Ooh. vantage point. To the business, yeah. to to personality types, to sort of seeing because you you must you <laughs> must have worked with people, and I'm not asking you to name any names, yeah. But you must have worked with people who are like, man, this sucks, and everyone's out to get me, and I'm this. And in the back of your mind, you're like, you're kind of creating some of this, you know. Yeah. Like you must have seen that. What a learning experience. Oh, it was. Yeah, most actors don't get that experience. And I think it's helped me so much in how to talk to the media, how to approach essentially everything. And so much of what we do is about press and and talking and promoting. But it's really about having a conversation and not like, oh, not that you shouldn't toot your own horn, but Mm -hmm. like everybody's got a horn and everybody should toot their own horn. But like, um, yeah, you would meet a lot of different personalities, but I always just... I just know that people um, are troubled, right? People are troubled. People are going through their things. Hurt people hurt people. All of those those things that we're sort of learning or uncovering about ourselves. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to – I understand 
doesn't mean I have to work with you. Right. Because <laughs> I don't know if I can help you. Because right. there's some people that don't want to be helped. That's right. And so I'm like, I get it. When you're ready, then you know, I'll be, maybe I'll be ready to, to some, represent you. Some people want to live in chaos. They, yeah. need, they need to live in chaos. Well, unfortunately, they've been conditioned to believe that they need to live in chaos. Right. And so that's their baseline. Like That's just what they think that is supposed to happen. So that's what I mean. Like unconditioning and, and relearning all of these things that we're taught that we are that we aren't, yeah. you know? And, um, yeah, I, I try to be there for people, but like nobody can tell me, Chrissy, don't do this. Don't do that. We have to decide. And that's, that's the biggest decision. I've just, I think it, <clears throat> I, I think it'd be really funny now that I, now that you have an agent, <laughs> yeah. they try to, if they try to give you a line of crap or something, you're like, Wait a minute. Oh, I, no. know, I know that line. No, no, I did that. So my first initial meeting, I was like, look, 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 look. I was like, look, we're just going to put the cards all on the table. I said, you guys know I was an agent. You don't have to agent me. I know what you can and you can't do. Right. I know what you're capable of. I'm not going to be that person. Now, you procure stuff for me, great. And if it, if it matches up, great. But I'm not going to be the person like, ah, well, I'm not getting this. I'm like, well, I'm not getting that. Like, <laughs> I get it. I understand. So I'll probably be the easiest client to ever have. And they're like, oh, okay, great. So like, what are you into? You know, it was like a very chill conversation, which was nice. Yeah. I remember when I was younger <clears throat> that I used to think, well, the agent's you you know you wait for the phone to ring and the agents bring you stuff and if your phone's not ringing then they're not doing their job right and then when I grew up a bit I realized <laughs> like you have to give them things to work with right you can't just expect them to do everything right. for you you have to help them do their job right you have to show up on time you have to work on stuff by yourself you have to bring them ideas you have right. to you know without being annoying you really kind of it's a relationship and they're not your parents right right and and they want you to do well because guess what they don't make money until you do that's right so i always try to remind people i'm like i'm not i'm not purposely not sending you out on auditions like i'm trying because i need to pay my bills right (laughs) but also you know they hear you know whispers around town like so-and-so book this and -and so-and-so book that i'm like you don't even know the 10 conversations we had prior to even getting the audition that now you can't go to because you're at Disney with your best friend. <laughs> right, right, I'm right. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. You know, and also, you know, some people aren't ready. I had a girl who would always complain. She's like, I just don't understand. Like, I've gained weight and I feel bad about myself and I don't want to do this. I'm like, well, that's why you're not getting auditions. Like, the energy that you're putting out into the universe is, I'm not ready. I don't want this. I said, regardless if you gain weight, lose weight, whatever, do you want to do this or not? And she was like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, that that that's that's a really big you, you got to figure that out yeah because i think you it's easy to forget that whatever is in your head most of the time you do kind of wear oh yeah. on your body so even though it's sort of like how when people are drunk or high they're like <laughs> nobody knows they're yeah like, everybody uh, knows everybody knows <laughs> and we're concerned and the harder yeah. you try to act normal the more people yeah, know of you know th- there's the same thing i think it was sort of like with emotional stuff too when you yeah. oh yeah when you when you live in that space you're like i just don't understand why people aren't it's like well it's yeah it's what's happening you always go back to self yeah. always can be reflective and introspective and it's interesting because as soon as she sort of was in that space i mean auditions left and right and started booking jobs right and i'm like i don't know if it's a coincidence but I think that you know, yeah, you were ready, and so the universe answered. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm you know, we all have countless friend stories of people yeah. who were just like, 
I was about to quit, yeah. and then I was just like, eh, fuck it. I don't, I'm just, whatever, I'll just have fun because I'm not going to do this anymore. And as soon as they removed all that crap, it's like, oh, they booked the job of a lifetime right. <laughs> because they were just, they were they were ready for it. They were ready to receive it. They were ready to be that person because yeah. they just let all that shit go. Yeah, right, and you don't hold on to the attachment because it's not, oh, I have to book this job because I have to pay this bill. It's like, I'm just going to do it because I love it. And that's what casting sees and that's what, you know, executives see and what you want. Well, wait, what was the transition from talent agent? Like, were you auditioning for stuff while you were an agent or did you quit that and then kind of slide into... I mean, I could count on my hands how many auditions I've had in my life. Um, I'm not kidding. And being an agent for nine years, it was, you know, every... I mean, I might have had three in nine years um and they would always be on my lunch break and i'd always make sure that it was okay like can i go on this audition this is what i'm doing and i think a lot of people were like my employees employers were like yeah okay (laughs) that's cute you get paid nothing i'll let you go on the audition right and um then my previous co-worker was like oh well, Ryan Murphy's looking for this particular character. I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Like, I'm going to be – I have no credits. I have like – I did an episode of of Entourage and All of Us. and I mean, like years ago um, when I first came to L.A. And so um, I did that like five-episode arc and then there was nothing for that whole year. And then that's when I thought, okay, I have to really give it a chance. And so I made sure all my clients were taken care of, mm-hmm. let them know what was going on. Made sure that the new agent was coming in, knew them, or if you guys wanted to leave, you could go and seek other representation because I know what it's like to need to be represented Mm -hmm. and want to be um, cared for, you know, as a client. So um, everybody was so lovely and they're like, go and do it. Like, just give it the whole college try. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's good that you did because not everyone would leave a job that they've done for nine years Uh, to try an even harder job. Yeah. Especially when you know how hard it is. Yeah, I was frightened. Absolutely. And that's why I I didn't do it earlier. But, um, you know, I I used to babysit these twins and the mom said, oh, gosh, I hope they don't want to be actors. She's like, if they're doctors or lawyers, like, I know they're going to have a job. They'll have a job. (laughs) But as an actor, they nothing is guaranteed. Right. And I never even thought of it that way. And I was like, oh, now she's really scaring the crap out of me. Right. But I obviously am not afraid of a lot of things. Um, or at least not afraid enough to quit. Right. Uh, thank goodness. Um, and so sure enough, you know, this has happened and I, I had to jump through a lot of hoops and I'm so grateful I did because it really, it sort of affirmed for me that like I was never doing it for fame and fortune. Right. It's just what I love to do. So, you know, and I always tell people that they're like, how do I become an actor? Like, what should I do? I'm like, what are you doing it for? Like, what are you doing anything in your life for? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I always have to remind myself. Well, it's <clears throat> I always kind of tell people like, well, write down, write down what you think you want. Right. Write down why you want those things, and if you can get past that point, because sometimes you might get to the why and be like, oh, actually, this isn't. Yeah. Really. Because then, when you get to the the next level, I think is the how will I get there? And if you write down all the things that you will have to do. If you read that and go, uh, that sounds like shit. Yeah. But because most people just don't think beyond what they want. Right. And I think it's really important to understand why, because then you'd be motivated to go after it. But then those reasons might not be things that you want to actually engage yourself in all right. the time. Because it is a lot of, 
it's a lot of hard work, especially this business, a lot of rejection. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of, you know, it's a lot of all those things. Yeah, my friends are like, you know, you're in the business of rejection. I'm like, well, that I'm familiar with. So it's fine. Like, I'm good. But um, yeah, people don't realize what it actually takes and what it all entails. Because it's not just, oh, I get to go to acting class and get to go to set and like play with my friends on set. It's <laughs> so not that. And even I didn't know exactly what it all meant until I'm like now in the eye of the storm. Um, but I love it. Like I love talking to people I've never chatted with and I love people, you know, and I love to tell stories and I always, always wanted to relate to people and wanted somebody to relate to me because I felt alone as a kid. Like I'm like, I feel misunderstood. I don't get it. Do you think ever, I feel like everyone, doesn't everyone feel that way? I think so for sure. Yeah. And that's why we do art. Right. Like we want to change each other, or, you know, feel a part of something or share a part of ourselves. So, Unless yeah. you peak early in high school, then those people don't oh, really man. think to do that. <laughs> oh man, those people. How about I have my 20 year class reunion coming up and I'm like, should I go? Because at the 10 year, I wanted to go in a helicopter and I wasn't, fa- <laughs> and I wasn't rich. <laughs> I wasn't rich enough. I thought, Oh, I haven't made it. I can't go in a helicopter. <laughs> and Sterling's like, Chrissy, now you have to go in it. Now I'm like, no, I can't. No, I can't. I can look like a jackass. <laughs> Now that I can, like, it's always the best, right? Like, now that you can dress as, as nice as you want to, you dress like crap. You're like, because people know I got money. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, exactly. I'm like, I can't. I can't I, You show gotta up. go. You gotta go. But then also, I'm like, oh, I can't show up and be like, yeah, here, guys. But like, you don't have to do that. You can just show up. Of course I wouldn't. You, 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 I mean, I, you know. I kind of want to because I do genuinely love all those people and a lot of them still live back home um you owe it to everyone you think so (laughs) you owe it to everyone (laughs) who has always wanted to go back to their high school reunion a hero you owe it to everyone to go to your high school okay because you know you'll just go and be chrissy and everybody like oh my god she's so she's still really cool you know Yeah, that's true and uh but also i think you know i'll tell you why i think it's my unsolicited opinion oh i love it because we get so trapped in our own mm-hmm. selves mm-hmm. and I feel like the the cure for that is connecting with other people. It's community. It's figuring out, you know, how to get outside your head or give back or be a right. part of something else. And that was a part of who you were, you know, yeah. it was a, it helped develop you. It helps sure. form you. And I think if you don't go, you know, in 10 or 20 years, you'll be like, ah, I kind of wish I had gone, yeah. you know, just to, yeah, that's a good point. just even just to say hi or yeah. sort of like check in with people. I don't know. I think it would be a nice you know, experience. You're right. and, and Sterling just went to his and he was like, Chrissy, you got to go. So he's saying the same things <laughs> you are. And I, I don't know. I just, uh, I also feel like, you know, a lot of people have children and not that, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to see how it goes, but Yes, but most people don't perform at the American Country Music Awards. <laughs> That's true. So That's true. Most people didn't. Yeah. Most people didn't kill it at the American <laughs> Country Music Awards. Well, also, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not a braggadocious person, so I don't want anybody to think that. And then, like Chrissy, you know that it doesn't matter what other people think because it's their perceptions, their reality. So why are you worried? Just I should go. Yeah. Okay. I'll, okay. I think it's. I. You know what? I think it'll be fun, and I think it. It's. You know, it's good to because I went to to I have a reunion coming up this year, but I went to a couple different high schools. Oh, and so like I don't really know which one I would go to. Right, right. And so I feel like because I was never in one place for too long, I, I always think like how amazing it would be to have a connection with yeah. you know like a group of people that you had a real history with. And I have some friends that I'm you know like I have a couple friends from school that I still talk to, but that's it. And so I think part of it's also just like. 
I'm a little jealous. Like, oh, oh God, you have this whole. Yeah. Did you did you go to school the whole time with these people? Um, well, my middle school, there were two different zones for high school, so I felt like all the all my friends went to the other high school, oh, my okay. rival high school, yeah. And then all the cool kids who I was like, oh no, what if they don't like me? Um, of course, we ended up becoming friends, but uh, and we're still different friends now that we're adults. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I mean, I sort of was friends with with every clique, right? Of like the popular girls and the cheerleaders, and then the you know the art kids and band and musical theater. So, yeah, I mean, I think it would be nice to see everybody. And some teachers are now taught my sisters, so it's cute. You, it seems like because even just watching you just chat on television, just like you're real personal. Like you just have a real nice oh, vibe, and and I'm. I feel like I I had to learn how to sort of communicate with people. You know, like I felt like I was kind of weird really? in high school. Sure. And, uh, and oh, so... I couldn't tell that. It's true. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, like this was in a pre-internet era when, sure. I, when I was in high school. Yeah. So it was just like me and like three other nerds who were into the stuff, the Latin <laughs> club, you know. Oh. But uh, but uh, were you always that... You were always that way? Yeah. I mean, I have a big family. I'm one of five. Oh, there and, you go. Um, I think that helped a lot. Yeah. And we moved around a lot. So I really had to acclimate I mean, I went to five elementary schools. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of had to just kind of figure it out. And also, um, you know, you want to be a part of something as a human being. Like, we want to commune. And I want, always wanted that. And I just – I'm genuinely interested in people. Like – I have to refrain from asking you questions. I'm like, tell me about your high school. Like, what high school? Where'd you grow up? Like, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Um, because I just am so curious, and that's what was so great about being an agent is I get to just interview all these people and learn so so many things. I'm just intrigued yeah. by people. It's fascinating. Well, that's good, and and I think people can tell the difference between someone who's genuinely intrigued and someone who's just <laughs> waiting for the them motions. to finish talking so they can. Tell them what they were thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because my manager's like, no guy ever thinks you're flirting with them because you flirt with everybody. I'm like, I don't flirt with anybody. I'm like, are you joking? I, I don't flirt with anybody. She's like, yeah, you flirt with everybody. And I'm like, no, I just love people. Yeah. You know, I, guys know when I like them. Let's be honest. She's she's being silly. But um, I, I'm just so fascinated. Do you, how do, so how do you connect with people when you're flirting? Is it through jokes and comedy? Is it through, like, what's your... Oh, yeah. I, I think it's probably like... I will not make fun of the guy, but I'll definitely like rib him, you right. know, like make sure he can handle it. And like, he's not some like, you know, little, little sappy little, like, not that I don't love sappy men. Cause I love an emotional. But you just mean man. like if you tease someone and yeah. they're like, no, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. But also there's a, there's an energy, there's a chemistry exchange that like, you know, you know, you just, that probably you came from being one of five kids. Yeah. You probably all gave each other oh, yeah. massive amounts of shit growing it, up. Oh. And so that's, you could relate to people that so way. So many fights and arguments <laughs> of the stupid phone and the, you name it. It's yeah. But I, um, I typically like, yeah, if, I'm like, if, if I make fun of you, or if I'm like joking with you, it's cause I like you or cause I, you know, that's kind of, I don't know if it's great. I don't know if it's good, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, that's nice. I mean, it's like, it's you, you want people who, don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Not in this life. No, but in this business, you... And especially in this business. <laughs> I'm thinking in this life. In the multiple lives that we, that we lead. That we all had yeah. the multiple yeah. lives. Here. Do you believe in multiple lives? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I kind of don't. I mean, I... If, I don't know. I mean, That's a big question. It is a big question yeah. because I think the older you get... And this actually kind of like weirdly dovetails into 
your movie. Yeah. But it, the, I feel like the older you get, the more you kind of ask those spiritual questions. Like, sure. what, is this, what does this mean? And what are we a part of? Are we a part of something bigger? Or is this just some sort of electrochemical accident? Right. Because of a meteor <laughs> that landed on a planet with right. the right protein strands, right. you know? And, uh, and I don't know. I mean, I would love to... I would I would love to feel connected to all that in some way, yeah. and it's but it's not something that I, I I really had felt my whole life. How yeah. do you what do you think? Were you raised with religion? My mom is Italian Catholic. Oh, okay. I so went I, to Catholic high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I was raised Catholic as well, but um, have a much more spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. My conscious contact to God is is much more spiritual than it is based on a particular religion. And right, not that I don't love tradition, but. Um, that's what's so interesting about, of course, about Breakthrough, about the, the movie, is um, I really do believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that, you know, energy never dies. It's just transmuted. Sure. And so, of course, I don't have the complete answers, but I just don't I have a hard time understanding that we only live once, that we only have this one particular blip in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it, why is it that we're intrigued or why a particular type of music moves us? what is all that? Like there has to be some history in, in that. Um, so that is, I don't know, obviously questions that I have too. And, and do do you have any, have you ever been to someone who's like, yeah, you were a fur trader in the 1700s. Like, you know, it's funny. I have not been, um, like past life regression or something. I've been to one, but I, I haven't done that particular, um, whatever it's called. Uh, activity uh, yeah you know what i mean um but i have had friends who have had those experiences and um i've read many a book dr brian weiss is he was um a psychologist but then he he does past that progression now and it's all very fascinating and yeah. i mean i know people say oh like whatever it is that you believe in is what you believe in and you can buy into anything but there is definitely something to that for me um but you know, it's it's a crazy concept because people are like, what are you even talking about? Like, <laughs> huh? Like, this doesn't, you know, um, but I just know that there's, I, it's interesting too because I, I also believe in God. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a higher power. And some people who believe in that stuff are like, well, I don't know if it's the universe. Whatever it is that you want to call it. I know that something is working for our greater good. And I call it God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen it time and time again in my life. So... Yeah, um, I don't even have any. It's hard to even describe it in, you know, a little conversation. But I do believe in it. I, I do. I love this conversation too because I, Yvette Nicole Brown and I have it all the time. <gasps> I love her. Yeah, she's great. Oh my god, I love her because she's very spiritual, yeah. incredibly spiritual. And and I'm I, as long as many years as I've known her, I'm sure it's really annoying. I'm like, how do you do that? You know, like yeah. I I really, and we have very open conversations about it because. Yeah. I, you know, like I don't, I can't say that I believe all the things that she believes, but I'm, I'm, I want to understand. I'm so intrigued by it, and and in a way, I'm jealous of how. Um, I mean, jealous is a bad word. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm, I admire yeah. how how centered she is, and how this idea of like what you said. Well, these you know things happen for a reason, and it's going to be okay. And yeah. I, I know my faith comes from a place of. You know, she likened it to that scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where he takes mm. that step and it looks like he's going to fall down the cliff, but there's there's a, a footing there. Right. 
And uh, I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. And, and, I, and I feel like, and my mom says that all the time. She's like, listen, I believe in all this stuff and I don't know if I'm right. right. But even if I'm wrong, it, it makes me feel better right. to connect with that. Right. And I, you know, I would be an asshole if I was like, well, you're wasting your time. It's right. like, makes her happy right. and it makes her feel connected. Right. How do you? How do yeah. You I mean, a lot of people question it for sure. And um, it wasn't really until I was married previously for about five years to an amazing human being who is still an amazing human being, but just not my forever person. Right. And I started having a lot of anxiety and a lot of like, I was about to turn 30 and I was like, what's going on in my life? Like I, why am I abusing my body with food? Like, what am I, what's going on? Like where, what are these things that I haven't really uncovered, discovered and discarded? Like what is going on and why do I have anxiety? Where did this come from? And it wasn't until I really sort of had that like the push to I was like I'm so desperate I need to to seek outside of myself and see what's seek outside of myself to find what really already is inside. Mm-hmm. And um so I went through a lot of I went to Agape which is a really great spiritual center mm-hmm. in Culver City and it just made sense to me and I was like wow we really are a part of something bigger and it's not about just us as one person but also you know, what we think about and what, how we feel about ourselves. And like, it's a whole huge concept, but it, I mean, I went through such terrible anxiety about it and I thought, oh my gosh, like, I I don't, what, what am I doing? But I had to realize that my ego was so loud and I just felt like, oh, I have to be this successful at this particular age. And no, like, and that's what I really know now is that like, if we're here on this plane of existence, like we're purposeful. And part of the reason why I did breakthrough is because John is still seeking that and he still was seeking that after he was saved. Mm -hmm. And those are the questions that, you know, that movie and and we, I think as people aren't afraid to ask, but, but we don't have the answers to, but I just know that there's something greater, bigger than us. And, um, that, and for me, there, there gives me a sense of peace knowing that like, I don't have to have it all figured out in this life because it is just a blip. You know, if we have so many multiple lives and we get to learn so much throughout so we can, you know, be as, as evolved as, as humanly possible or spiritually possible, um, then I'm like, oh, okay, cool, great. Then it's going to be fine. It Boy, really that's is a great be fine. way to think of it. Like, you don't have to figure it all out now. Do you know the movie Defending Your Life? No. Oh, it's an Albert Brooks movie. No, I don't know it. Albert Brooks, Meryl Streep, like 1990, oh, 1991. Oh, I think I know you're talking. I do. I have not seen it. It's almost exactly what you just said, where the idea is. He dies, and then the universe basically puts him on trial. And the whole idea is that oh, wow. when you're on Earth, you're sort of being—you use a very little amount of your brain, and you're sort of being tested to see how you deal with fear. And if you're able to conquer fear in your lifetime, then you get to move on in the universe. And uh, and people who don't, they get sent back. To learn. They just keep getting sent back, and, and they sent back, and it's a it's literally it movie holds up. It. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Defending wow. your life, it's incredible. Wow, I can't believe I haven't seen it. A shame. Yeah. What a shame. No, 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 no. That's yeah. okay. it was like nineteen ninety. Well, no, but I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, but I tr- I do believe that like we're like each sort of life and, and person that comes into our life is a lesson. Like we're either the teacher, the student, or the you know, or both. Yeah, you know, we're here to teach, to to learn, to grow, and and that's what we're we're here to evolve. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's also reason why what i do is i don't i really try to separate my ego from it because i i i think i'm made to do this um because i have gone through all these things as we all have our trials and tribulations but like 
I don't feel entitled to it, but I feel like I'm a conduit of, of this, right. these messages. Um, and that I might not look like every other girl. And so I can access the people who don't feel like they've ever been seen on television because of what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, all, all, all of those little small little details all are important, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy because I don't really have these conversations often. Mm-hmm. I might love them because I want to know, you know, when you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't really feel that way. And I'm like, Oh, and it, for me, I'm like, Oh, I do feel that way. I still feel that way. Even yeah. when it's challenged. And I'm like, yeah. Cause it just is innately how I feel. Well, and I feel like that most people, a lot of how we communicate is online, yeah. which is not, which is a really, people tend to communicate, not, mo- not, everyone but a lot of people the way that they communicate online is sort of protecting what they already believe rather than being open to have conversations that's why it's so important i think to get in front of people and talk to them and 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 also show people that you know you don't have to 100 percent agree with everything that anyone says all the time which is what we're conditioned to think online but like i i love talking to people who don't who think in different ways because Wow, if it expands my understanding or it teaches me something new or it takes me in a different direction or yeah. even if I don't agree with it or fully understand it, I can still appreciate it. Oh yeah. You know, appreciate the diversity of humans and opinions in the world. It's like it's the it's that's how we grow. Yeah. That's how we're it's supposed like, to grow. That's exactly why we're here. I mean, I I'm already like I've I've been I'm going to write down as soon as we finish this podcast about like being confident but not entitled. Yeah. And also the thing you said about your ego being really loud, I think is a really great way to put that because it really can drown out everything else. Oh, 100%. And I always I have to remind myself that I'm not any different than any other person. I just have a different job. Right. That's all. Right. And um, luckily, I, I'm, I'm doing what I love to do, but... I know, like I, I'm not better than anyone else. And I think that's because our ego is constantly trying to separate us, obviously in politics and on our pride, everything is run by our ego and our pride. And if we could set that aside and we can have mercy and grace and tolerance for people and our, of course it starts with self, Mm -hmm. then, then each other will be taken care of. And I always say like, the only thing that matters in life is how we treat each other. That's all. None of anything else matters. Right. None of it. Like nobody, nobody's going to be at my funeral and say, Chrissy bought this purse and, uh, <laughs> and oh my God, this purse. No, it's. It really made her who she was. It really made her who she was. I mean, she was fashionable um, and she was, she grew up poor. So it's, you no, know, it's, it's how you made somebody feel. That's what they're going to remember. And they always say like, it's not what you say, but how you say it. Yeah. And that's just the bottom line. And so I don't attach to any of all this stuff, you know, like it's great and I appreciate it, but no. Yeah, exactly. So like this, this Spanish Varganio back here is basically a campaign desk. And so it looks like a box and it folds down and then you can, you know, like they would take these out on campaign and set them up. There's like a mobile desk, but it's a really fancy mobile desk. So it's, it's from the 1700s, this desk. And so you look at it and you go, wow, that's really incredible. Think of how many hands that has passed through over the centuries. And I don't remember. I don't know who any of those people were. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and there's this thing that, you know, maybe they thought like, oh, I've, I have this desk. This makes me yeah. permanent or immortal, whatever. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It's just no. a thing. Yeah. And I'm a curator of this thing and someone else will have it in a hundred years, hopefully. And, you know, Which is great. And, but, but beautiful. it's just like that thing of like, it doesn't like things, 
things are fun, but they can't, we can't be defined by them because no. things come and go no. and right. there's nothing we can like, and in some cases there's just nothing we can do about that. In yeah. most cases. I don't know if you remember when you're a kid, but you know, you would say, Oh, I love that car. And you're like, Oh, why don't you marry it? If you love it, why don't you marry it? And it's so, it sounds so silly and trivial, but like, it's true. Like, yes, everything has energy, but like, if it can't love you back, Right. Do you, do you love it? That's right. Do you love it? And that's why even that Netflix show when it's like, hold what you what you you know what you want to oh, get Marie rid Kondo. of. Yeah, she's yeah. so great. Yeah, Konmari. It's like, yeah. Does it make you happy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And some people don't even know what happiness is because they don't sit quietly enough alone and listen to that still small voice of like what their happiness really is because we're so transfixed on what everybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. You know, when we buy the house and the car because we want to be validated because ultimately we just want to be loved. Right. You know, that's like. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Well, it's 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 that idea of chasing, spending so much time chasing the happiness and the other things, but then we get addicted to that because it nothing really makes you happy for more than half a second. Right. You know, it's like you oh, get yeah. it, and you're like, oh, oh, I'm not happy, so I need more, and yeah. I need more, and I need more, yeah. and I need more. Filling the void. You're filling the void, and it's unfillable, and it grows. And the more you can't fill it, the more you need to fill it. It's like it. a wrinkle. It is. It's <laughs> <In> Botox. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it sucks, you know. Yeah. And so it's it's just constantly trying to remember, like, yeah, nothing, no external thing is going to fix you. No, no relationship, no car, no no Spanish desk. Right. Like nothing's going to. While fix you can appreciate it, it won't fix you. And I think that's where you sit is like, oh, I love it and I appreciate it, but. I can live without it. There's so many things we don't need. You know, like I'm like, do I need? I don't need anything. Right. You know, I have a roof over my head and I have food and electricity. Okay. Do you ever watch Naked and Afraid? No. My wife and I watch that show constantly because it just reminds you, number one, how little you would know how to survive uh, right, in the wilderness. Right. Like everyone, you know, right. it's like I'm watching them do stuff and go, oh, yeah, I would die immediately. Oh, yeah, I don't like, know how to. Do what? Forage? <laughs> what are you talking about? Someone's like, okay, so. Uh, and you're naked? <laughs> I, I, I managed to hunt an impala with a bow and arrow and I've taken the skin and made a bed and I've, they're making jerky. Like, how the fuck? Yeah. Who knows how to, you know. But the other thing is that it, it just sort of, the the thing that I, that really, I, I'm fascinated by, and I've noticed this, no matter what, no matter what they're able to hunt in the 21 days that they're out in the wilderness, whether it's a snake, a frog, a fish, an, an armadillo, um, <laughs> this, you know, they don't eat for days at a time. Right. And so when they finally hunt something, they eat it, they all say the exact same thing. And I've noticed all say the same thing. They go, this is actually really good. And it's like, yeah, because you haven't eaten in five days. Right. Anything's good at that Anything's point. good. So it just shows you how little you actually need yeah. to survive, right. you know, and how much you appreciate things when you're not surrounding yourself with all that stuff. Right. It's just such an interesting... Well, I'm going to have to watch it now. It's really great. It's so much more than just naked people in the it's, jungle. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really <laughs> gimmicky and hokey, but when you watch it, it's such an interesting study of of human survival right. and what people... You know, it's like, and it just makes you realize, like, oh yeah, most of the stuff I do and have totally useless, right? right. <laughs> totally pointless, right? I know? mean, yes, of course, it can make your life a little more comfortable. Yes, you know, um, but yeah, useless. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, the, the, when you were shooting this movie, this movie with breakthrough, you, you assume you spent time with the family. We only met two weeks into the film, um, so. I didn't spend a lot of time with, with them. Of course, I read Joyce's book. Yeah. And I saw it on a bunch of interviews. But we didn't spend a lot of time together. We spent more time now that the, you know, during the press and everything. Just for people who don't know the story, basically this 
kid falls in the ice. Yeah. And he sinks to the bottom. And he's down there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. There's no reason he should have lived. Right. They get him to the hospital. They can't revive him. This mom, Joyce, comes in, basically just says a prayer over him. And he wakes up and makes a full recovery. Right. After it, like, there's, you know... And the doctors are like, well, maybe the water fr- froze Fro- his right. organs or maybe, you know. But it's it really is sort of the story about, you know, this family and their spirituality and their, their faith. And, and whether or not, you know, whether or not this prayer was an incantation that saved this kid's life, it the important part is that that had meaning to them and sure. that brought them together right. as, as a family. Yeah, absolutely. And her unwavering love for her son. Yes. Which... You know, we talk about it. She didn't go in there to say goodbye. Like, she went in there to not accept no for an answer. Right. And I don't know how many times we do that in life. You know, if someone tells us no, we're like, oh, okay, all mm-hmm. right, on to the next. Instead of, no, 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 no is not the answer. And that to me was so inspiring that she was so steadfast in what she believed that she was like, oh, no, I'm not accepting this. And I don't think she necessarily had an outcome, but she knew that she wanted her son to live as, as we all want a loved one to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's also cool is that they were all having the entire family were having their own breakthroughs. You know, she was so unwavering in what she believed that she kind of became a little, a uh, little angsty mm-hmm. and a little, you know, um, aggressive towards the doctors and, and the whole medical staff, because why wouldn't you, because who's going to advocate for your own, mm-hmm. you know, your own family member. And, um, she realized that she had to surrender and trust that whatever the universe or God had planned was she couldn't do anything about it at this point. They did everything they possibly could. And um, it's it's just so great because, like I said before, it's a faith-based movie, but we don't have the answers. You know, there what's... There's a teacher in particular, John Smith's teacher, says, like, why wasn't my husband saved? Mm-hmm. Why is it that you were? And, you know, kids making fun of him and... For two years after the real John Smith, after the incident, he was like, he, you know, didn't know what the heck was going on in his life and why he was here and why him. And he felt guilty and he just was not the the kid he is today. And he's changed a ton um, in so many ways. And he's now 18 going on 45, let's be honest. But, <laughs> um, you know, just because it's a faith-based movie doesn't mean that we we have the answers. And I think that's not only brave of Devon Franklin, who's our our producer to incorporate that in the movie, but that we're still talking about it because they think that, Oh, if you believe in God, then, then you, you just know, you don't always know, but right. you, you believe faith is believing in something you can't see. Right. So, and even if you're not a, even if you're not a person of faith, that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy and appreciate the story. Of course. And, and honestly, if it makes you ask questions or it yeah. makes you revisit what you believe, then why not? Like, yeah. why not? Like, that, why immediately close yourself and go, you know, that's not the kind of movie. Like, yeah. okay, well, then you're doing yourself a disservice yeah, it's because li- you should explore everything. It's literally a question I ask. I'm like, well, because people say, well, well, you know, why is it that faith-based movies aren't really prevalent? And and I said, well, yeah, the question is why not? Because we can sort of um, honor and um, give up our time and our emotions to horror movies and to the scary things that like, I, I'm not sure why we, I don't like scary stuff. Like mm-hmm. it freaks me out. I don't want that energy. You know, I'm all about energy. Yeah. Um, and so why would you not want something that was potentially positive and, and uplifting? Right. Um, what, what does that say? Like, what, what are you searching or do you want to feel bad? Like, you, you know, I think it, 
conjures up a lot of questions for people and people fear what they don't know. That's true. But I also think that um, it's sort of like how if you're at a restaurant, it, I've, I've used this analogy a million times, you're at a restaurant on a plane and there's a kid who's screaming and in your mind you go, all kids are monsters. But right. you didn't notice the 10 other kids that were not screaming. Right. And so I think for non-faith people, a lot of times because they don't investigate it that fully, the faith-based movies or the faith-based things that they hear are – they feel like they're being attacked. Like sure. this is – you live your life or you're going to hell. Right. And so they kind of go, oh, well, that must be what all of that is. And it's like, no, those are just – that's just a type of that. Sure. And there are still <laughs> – there are things that explore these ideas and these existential questions and might just and might arrive at like, well, we don't know, but this is the experience that we have. Right. And that's different. And I think that's yeah. not that's just not the same thing. And so I think we do limit ourselves because, you know, we we hear like one kind of person or group screaming about anything, yeah. faith or not faith. And uh, and we just equate that as like that's all of that thing, but it's not. Yeah, and it's interesting because when anybody sees any particular movie and they're like, "Oh, I loved it," and and you automatically sort of get on the bandwagon. You're like, "Oh yeah, I loved it too," but maybe you really didn't. But yeah. you want to be a part of of that bigger picture. And then when you see it, I'm like, "Oh, I didn't really love that one." Yeah, you know. But you're afraid to even admit that <laughs> that you didn't love it because everybody else did. Or how much of it is that we really do appreciate the movie or like it? Or how many of us just want to feel a part of something? Yeah. And most know. things are not extremism. Right. We hear about the extremists. Right. I remember like years ago seeing a debate on something between like, um, I don't know, some CNN or something. It was like, you know, a really religious Christian guy and a really just like turbo atheist. <laughs> and I just felt like. I'm not a fan of either of right. you, you know, it's because they were both so snipey with each other yeah. and not open to talking and just like, you know, the one guy was throwing out Bible passage and the other person was, you know, throwing out like things that undermined though. And right. it was just like, well, you're not having a conversation. But where's the gray area? Yeah, there's no, there's no gray area and you're both just being dicks to each other. Right. And, you know, probably because they're both defensive and probably have pain in their lives. Right. But I and just... ego. Exactly. But I just, I just sort of... It would just be nice if, you know, if we didn't see the world as that binary yeah. and that we were able to at least be open to d- have discussions about things that we don't necessarily 100%, you know, Believe think. or understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's why, again, why we're here. I mean, because we're supposed to be able to to question that and honor what it is that we feel, but also not think that our thought is the only thought. Yeah. Um, because... Even if you go back to to Christianity or believing God, like it, as they say, like it's not godlike, you know, to to do those things or to be so aggressive or to to shame someone for whatever it is that they believe in, and to have tolerance around it because mm-hmm. that's really what it is. It's like that love for wherever that person is at, and whether they change or they don't, it, it doesn't have no any, any bearing on on you what, what right. you believe, you know. We all take things so personally. I know I have for a majority of my life. So. Well, you said you went through that thing when you turned 30 where oh. you felt like, I don't know what I'm doing and I yeah. feel like I'm abusing myself and I don't know what it. So uh, do you, you know, when you meet other people or, or just people that, you know, who are listening to us that feel like they're going through that. I know you said you, you know, you found this, this church, but like, what else did you do? Like, what advice would you give to people who yeah. feel like they're going through that? I started crisis? meditating, yep. um, just sort of listening to that still small voice and just 
being quiet, you know, and instead of all these like external thoughts and, and ideas of what I should be and shouldn't be and what it is that I wanted, whether somebody believed in it or not, or somebody supported it or not. And, um, I, I joined a 12 step program, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was like, I got to figure out like what the real situation is. And I have no qualms about talking about it, even though, you know, you're not supposed to. Um, but I think that reflecting on, you know, what we shouldn't do, what we did do, what we regret, what we haven't done, you know, all those things on a daily basis, you know, I start with gratitude now. It's like, and it's really beautiful because the more grateful you are, the more you receive. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe that like you can only keep what you give away. So, <laughs> oh, wow, that's great. you know, so like it's cyclical. So if we all did that, we'd all be taken care of. And when you get out of your own way, your own head, you are of service, you know that it's, it's really, I believe, separating the ego. And for me, that's sort of the process of, um, of that. And it's definitely not easy and it's a practice yep. and not every day is perfect, but I just realized that, um, I didn't have to be at a certain point at a certain age with a certain amount of money in my bank account to, to be happy that it, I have to be happy first and then those other things will come. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, uh, and I, I'm not afraid to, to talk about it or work hard or, you know, it, it's a whole big picture. It's, but it's, I think when I, I always say this, but when you change your mind, you change your life and it, it happened for me, you know, like I think I'm like a testament of being able to kind of move through the pain and the family origins and the trauma. Not that I'm still not moving through it. Cause there's still a lot of stuff that I'm <laughs> dealing with, sure, sure, sure. you know, and, um, if I wasn't, I guess I wouldn't be here. Right. Like we'd be. And be evolved into my other plan of existence. Well, I but. hope you can. T- I hope you do continue to talk about it because I do think it's uh, you know if you, you know, to say like why you know every, everything happens for a reason. I think you being able to have this platform yeah. that you have to reach people and uh, and make them feel okay. Yeah. You know, it's like like that's you know part of your unseen community. You may not meet all those people, but right. you will affect their lives by even just sort of talking openly and authentically the way that the way that you have. Yeah, I think we all are searching for that and we all want to feel less alone. And so the more I do it and like when I wrote my book, I was like, "Oh gosh, why am I talking about all this if I don't this is is this smart? Like people are going to think that I'm like this terrible person and I've, you know, I, it was really frightening, but I could not have felt more supported and really so many stories about feeling more like me than, than I thought that it was ever going to, the reaction was ever going to be. So, so when, uh, so at the American country music awards, it's like, Oh no, no. that thing goes up and then you're just standing there alone on stage. What are you seeing? What are you thinking? Is like friggin' uh, Keith Urban in the like? Are you looking at? Nicole, are you staring at Nicole Kidman? Okay. Like, what? What is that experience? What people don't realize is oh, on live. Uh, first of all, I've never done a live television performance, so there's so many things that could go awry, mm-hmm. and I, literally, I couldn't hear anything in my in ears. <clears throat> and I know Jason Aldean was performing, but I and I could feel the, the stage shaking. But I could, I was like. Wait, wait, wait. And they're like, 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, oh, am I gonna have to sing this without them? Like, I, okay, I'll just take them out. And they're like, okay, three seconds. And I'm like, my pack is not attached. They unzip my dress, they they put my in-ears into my pack. 
and they're like, oh, two seconds. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. And then they turn up the volume and it was so loud. And like by accident, it was, it got like moved. Yeah. I was like recalibrating as the curtain is going up. I'm like, mm-hmm. can't really hear anything at all. And then I'm like, okay, it's just going to be what's going to be. <laughs> That's good. You let it go. You have to. Because there's if the more you resist, the more it persists, right? So I'm like, I have to just, it's going to be what it's going to be. And guess what? Nobody's going to die if it's not perfect. Nobody's going to hate me if it's not perfect. And I just want to experience this moment. Yes. This is an incredible moment in my life that I get to sing with these awesome women on this stage of this incredible song written by Diane Warren of a movie that I'm leading. Come up on. Like, <laughs> Chrissy, just get it together. Just get some perspective. Like it's, and guess what? Nobody cares if you sing a wrong note. They, they care about what you're feeling and what you're conveying in the message. And I'm like, listen, the one thing I can do is be present. So it's going to be what's going to be. Yep. But I was afraid for like a split second. And then I thought, you know what? And there are a couple of fans that waved to me. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so nice. And it kind of calmed me down. I took a deep breath. And then the curtain went up. And you can't really see anyone which is kind of great. It's probably I think. good. Probably better. Yeah. I did see the country community is so supportive. I'm like, thank you, God. But they all like toward, I don't know, pretty early on in the song, they all stood up on their, on their feet. And I was like, whether they're supporting me or they think it's good, I don't know, <laughs> but I appreciate you. And so I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be here. Um, but it was, it was very exciting and, and nerve wracking at the same time. Well, you did a great job. And, and it, no, also like, I do hope you, I've, I've, I really, you have a song that I really, really, really like. Oh, it's the song, the trouble with the winners. Oh, no way. It's great. Oh, thanks. It's fucking great. Like it's, it's, it's so great that I'm going to swear about it. No, but it's great (laughs) because it's, it's kind of like, it sort of feels like, um, a little retro soul. Like there's, it has has such a cool vibe to it. And I really, I just, I hope you do more music. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm working on some right now and, uh, I've written with a couple of great songwriters in Nashville. So hopefully we'll. We'll see what comes of that. But it's funny. The trouble with the winners was uh, when I was sort of in that limbo of what am I going to do and being reflective of, of like why hurt people hurt people and like what's going on and that, you know, the whole basically our whole entire conversation. Um, and I wrote that with a, a great guy named Stephen Frazier. And, you know, it seems like forever ago. So it's funny that you even know about it. But um, but thanks. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really cool song. Thanks. And, thanks. And, at le- and it looks it seemed like that the performance at the awards. Now people are like. Have a record deal, yeah. you know. Like I'm sure, like here you go. I mean, if you can do that, then you probably could. You probably could record an album and sell well, albums. I, I would love to. I would love to do like some little listening room events with like maybe fifty to hundred people. And if one person shows up or a hundred people show up, I just love music. Like I can't live without it. So we'll see. And it's really about the journey. It's not like oh my gosh, I have to make this money because you know I have to s- support myself. It's like oh now I can just enjoy it. Which is so, so nice. So ultimately where this is landing is that you're going to go to your high school reunion and you're going to perform The Trouble with the Winners as a message to the people who peaked early in high school. And you're going to throw the mic down and get in a fucking helicopter and fly away. You're going to end by saying, like, I'm not better than any of you. And then you're going to get in a helicopter and fly away. Perfect. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy that you came here. Oh, thank you. Thanks is, for having me. It's been such a delight chatting with you. You too. Thank and you. Congratulations on your movie, which is uh, which is, is opens now. Like yeah. people can see it now. April seventeenth is the yeah yeah yeah. yeah and, so uh, congratulations. Check it out. Yeah. Thank and I hope you. I run into you again really soon. I, I do too. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Chrissy. Maybe it'll be an antique show. Maybe maybe antique. Maybe maybe, maybe antiques road show. I'll yeah. just be bringing in Perfect. a. I'm sure, you guys have you checked on that? No. Oh, okay. There's maybe so you don't want things, to. Yeah. yeah. There's so many things that I feel like I'm going to take there and, and the we're going to think it's like some sort of treasure. They're going to be like, 
Oh yeah, this is uh, this. Well, first of all, this was made uh, in 1984. Yeah. Oh shit! You know, so. either that or you're sitting on a, a gold mine. Who knows? Who knows? And you know what? Maybe you don't want to find out. I don't want to know. Yeah. All that's important is the story that we believe. There you go. <laughs> because it has more. It, uh, the value to us is more about the experience it's invaluable. of it than the actual than that's the money right. part. That's right. We learned a lot here today. That's right, guys. Really, guys. Anytime. You guys. guys. Why do you have that stuff in your house? <laughs> uh, what is that? Dumb. <laughs> what's that guy? What's that guy holding there? What is that? A, what is that? A long knife? It's a sword. Why? Well, he was on a ship. That's dumb. A ship? Like a yacht? No. It's like a. It's like an old ship. Was he a pirate? No, I don't know. Everybody on the ship is a pirate. Ever- <laughs> Does he have a peg leg? <laughs> Where's the pirate? <laughs> Should we poke out his eye and put a patch on it? That's the only way you can really That's tell it's a pirate. I don't, I don't want anyone on the sea without a patch on their eye. Okay. <laughs> I was at Cotel this weekend, and there's no sea. There's no sea. There's no eye patches. It's just dumb. It's just fucking dumb. I can't do Coachella. No, me neither. People couldn't pay me enough to go to Coachella again. I went once, and that was enough. Yeah, I, there was a comedy tent there 10 years ago, and I performed at it. And <laughs> even just saying words out loud and the sand, I was like, how are people singing this? Yeah. And it was like, it was hot and crowded. And, yeah, hot you know, I'm and not crowded. Sh- I don't mean to shit on their festival. I mean, I know no, people work very hard on it. Of course. It, but but just everything about it was like... Far, traffic, hot, sand, crowd, you know, like all those things. I think it's great when you're young. Oh, of course. You know, like it's cool. It's fun. It's interesting. You're like feeling like a rebel. And now I'm like, I'm old. I'm tired. I want to be in comfort in my own bed. (laughs) Yes, exactly. By myself. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you can fall asleep in a towel and then have a premonition that there's an earthquake. There we go. And there put we on go. your earthquake gear. I do watch the live feed because those are fun. And there's a lot of cool, like, do you know Emily King? No. She's a great artist. Um, she actually has a, a song with Sarah Bareilles out right now on her, on Sarah's new album. But she's an incredible performer. And Lizzo, do you know Lizzo? She's no. super fun. you got to check out these. All right. I mean, it might I'll not be your bag. Out, but you have to watch Defending Your Life. I'm going to. Okay, good. It's on. It's, I got it. I'm going to watch it. All right. Yeah. The end. Da. <laughs> Ta-da! That's how you should have ended your performance. <laughs> just throw the microphone yeah, exactly. down. You've just listened to the ID10T podcast number 996, and this is Word Salad Rap. Da-da-da-da. This is the theme song to the word salad rap, 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 rap. I'm never going to remember that, and I'm not really sure that's musically consistent with any um, music. Um, so, you know, I was really struck this episode by, uh, well, first of all, um, what a phenomenal human being Chrissy Metz is, and also the idea of, uh, stepping outside your comfort zone. It's so convenient and easy <laughs> to stay in our comfort zone. We live in a self-fulfilling comfort bubble, um, between, you know, just where we go online and what we do in our lives. I mean, I, I do think it's part of our human nature to seek comfort, but, you know, but to seek comfort at all costs, at the cost of growth, um, emotional growth, physical growth, whatever it is, is um, dangerous and kind of puts us in this weird sort of cul-de-sac of non-growth. Um, seeking comfort all the time does inhibit growth, Um I can tell you as someone who used to drink every day of my life a long time ago, 
that I was constantly trying to seek some comfort by drinking, 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 drinking. And uh, it stunted, you know, it just, it stunts a lot of stuff and you got to, you got to grow. You got to stop doing things just for the sake of comfort. Um, discomfort is, I mean, nonstop discomfort sucks, but some discomfort is natural. Some discomfort is good. And also it's educational, you know? So what do I, what do I mean by all this? I mean, engaging in conversations or seeing things that you wouldn't normally, that you think you'd like, or listening to someone, even when you are sort of predisposed to think like, well, I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not gonna do that. I wouldn't normally do this, you know? Um, the day that I'm recording this, it's uh, Good Friday. I was raised Catholic. I'm not particularly Catholic anymore. My mom is Italian Catholic. And um, she said, hey, will you come and sit? Just come sit in this really cool chapel with me that I really like. And we'll just sit there and, you know, and just kind of let your mind go and meditate or whatever you want to do or pray or whatever you want to do. And, you know, Chris Hardwick from a long, long, long time ago would have been like, well, that's not really my belief system. Why would I want to go do that? Why would I do that? That's not something that I would blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, I would love to do that with you. So I went and we sat there for like, I don't know, 25 minutes or something. And it was wonderful. And it's a memory that I'm going to tuck away in my heart and always have with my mom that we went and kind of had this quiet time together. And it was really special. And I'm glad that I'm, you know, at a place where I'm open enough to do that stuff without immediately throwing up a defensive barrier. Well, that's not my belief system. Why would I want to go blah, 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 you know? No, yeah, I got to go spend time with my mom. I got to meditate, sort of pray to the universe, whatever it is, just kind of, uh, I don't know, connect with something outside myself, you know, connect with my mom. Um, it was really, really, really special and I'm glad I did. And I encourage you to do the same types of things. You don't have to do that, but I just encourage you to do the same types of things. You know, you, you might discover something about yourself, even if the thing that you discover is okay, well, I can confirm that whatever this thing I investigated was that it's not for me, but it doesn't mean that I have to hate it. It doesn't mean that I have to shit on other people who are into that kind of thing. You know, the simplest way to do this is, I mean, obviously, you know, everyone, musically, pretty much everyone listens to everything now, but pick a type of music you never thought you would listen to and just like randomly go through and just give it a chance, you know? I mean, the thing is, it's easy to close yourself off because opening yourself up requires work. It requires, it requires energy. It requires investigation. It potentially requires you to change your belief system or your core belief system or make room for exceptions or other types of things, which no one wants to do. <laughs> we want to protect what we believe at all costs because it's painful to try new things and open up and potentially get hurt and potentially not like things. Um, but, uh, but there's no other way to grow and you might discover something magical. You might discover something that you love. So that's the word salad wrap for today. Just be open, be more open. You know, maybe you'll like a new thing. Maybe you'll reconfirm that you didn't like something, but at least you investigated. At least you were open-minded about it. And at least you didn't have to shut it out and be jerky about it. <laughs> you know, okay, no, this thing isn't for me. But uh, I was open I was open to it. Or even just getting to know other people. There are other people in the world besides 
you and besides me. <laughs> and, and they like things too, and their points are valid with stuff. So, you know, what's wrong with getting to know them, even if it's just to investigate your fellow human? So, um, you know, I hope you take this with you and maybe uh, just try it some uh, this weekend. And it, who knows, you know? what? I mean, like, what if? We usually ask what if questions about what if catastrophe happens. But what if the good, the, the inverse of that, the reverse of that happens? What if it's something catastrophically good, amazingly good? You try something you never thought you would like. And then, oh, my God, it opens up this whole other world for you. and takes you on this whole new path. And you go like, I can't believe I would have missed out on all of this if I if I hadn't have just tried this this one thing, just being being open. Um, so that's all. That's all I got for today. Uh, I hope you have an amazing weekend if you're listening to this on Friday over the weekend. And uh, happy holidays if you celebrate the Passover or the Good Friday Easter or the 420 or whatever it is that you celebrate or just um, uh, being a, a secular humanist and celebrating the fact that uh, the world is a pretty terrific place. I'll talk to you soon in your ears, and I appreciate you. So much so that... Ending theme song, forward solid rap. I remember this slightly better than I thought I would. ID10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.